welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. We're on episode 242. What will he do with his second chance? When have you been given a second chance? We have all been given multiple chances by God because each and every day we fail Him. But in today's podcast, I'm specifically thinking about the human interactions and when you have been given a second chance by another human being. And flipping that over, when have you been the one to give that second chance? And in each of those cases, how did it turn out? If you were the one that was given the second chance, did you take full advantage of the opportunity and make the best of the situation? Or did you mess it up again? And that I'm, I'm saying that with like absolutely no condemnation. I can promise you that because I've been thinking as the day's gone on about just my own opportunities for second chances some of which I have not handled the way that I would have thought I would. I did not take full advantage of the second chance. And so today, as we finish up 1 Kings chapter 1, we're going to see a new character He's been mentioned once before in our podcast, but a new character entered the scene of the kingdom of Israel, and that is King Solomon. And King Solomon, David's son, I had to plug in my laptop there, sorry about the ding, but we're going to see our first glimpse of King Solomon. And the first big decision that he makes. I've got in the show notes the the question of how Adonijah handles his second chance. Well, we're not going to find that out this week. This week we're just going to see the second chance given. We've got a little chunk of scripture here, which has quite a few different narrative lines running through it. So, as we've been in 1 Kings 1, we've seen that David is very old and very sickly. And in the midst of that, he was paying no attention to what was happening in his kingdom. But, as I've reminded you, and as you probably know from reading scripture, David many times was not paying attention to what was happening, especially when it had to do with his own household and his son's. I mean, he's already had Absalom multiple years going behind his back to take the kingdom, and he was clueless, and that's when he was healthy. Well, here he is at the end of his life, and Adonijah, the oldest living son, just decides, I'm going to make myself king. And he sets about to do that, so he he recruits some of David's top leaders and he throws this big party and he's going to become king and David's going to be none the wiser and he's just going to count that this is a, a done deal 
but it wasn't. As we saw last week, Nathan the prophet, who is still around, Nathan the prophet, who was called to confront David after his power play with Bathsheba and then his hit on Uriah, Nathan the prophet, who speaks to David with holy boldness, this time he comes to him not because of David's sin, but because of what he sees going on. He truly has David's back as well as the betterment of the kingdom in mind because he knew David's wishes. David had already made his wishes known that he wanted Solomon to follow in his footsteps to be the next king of Israel. And so when Nathan gets wind of what Adonijah is doing, Nathan figures out how best to approach David. He goes to Bathsheba and clues her in on what's going on. And they come up with a scenario of how to approach David best to, for his own benefit. Not to take advantage of his illness, but for his own benefit to bring about what was David's wishes to begin with, and that's Solomon to take over. And so last week we saw that com set of conversations between Nathan and Bathsheba, then Bathsheba speaking to David, then Nathan coming in and speaking to David, and then David having Nathan and Bathsheba come speak. And we talked last week briefly about the others who were loyal to David, including Beniah, the one who chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. There were some that were really still loyal to David and they remain loyal to Solomon as you're going to see especially with Beniah and you're going to see Beniah today you're going to see the spiritual side of the man who is known as David's bodyguard and I considered making the podcast theme about that but I changed my mind when I came to the last few verses and so we're going to see if we can pull out a few different lessons as we walk through this um, scripture text. So we're starting with 1 Kings 1, 28. And we're going to go all the way to 53, but our main two verses are the last two, and we're going to take some little rest stops along the way as we look at this passage of scripture. King David responded, Call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king, and the king repeated his vow. As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day, just as I vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground before the king and exclaimed, May my Lord, the King David, live forever. Then King David ordered, Call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada. So those were the ones that had stayed loyal to King David. When they came into the king's presence, the king said to them, Take Solomon and my officials down to Gihon Spring. Solomon is to ride on my own mule. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Blow the ram's horn and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then escort him back here and he will sit on my throne. He will succeed me as king for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. And here's the Benaiah part, that just causes me to just, my spirit to jump. 
Verse 36, Amen, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, replied, May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, decree that it happen, and may the Lord be with Solomon as he has been with you, my Lord, the king, and may he make Solomon's reign even greater than yours. You don't really expect that out of a bodyguard, do you? You don't expect that. You expect the zeal. I mean, if he chases a lion into a pit on a snowy day, you got zeal. But zeal for the Lord and the Lord's plans. Um, you know, I do believe that's one of the reasons that he was so loyal to David. And we will see that he's loyal to Solomon as well. But one of the reasons that he was so successful in all that he did. So here we got 38. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the king's bodyguard, took Solomon down to Gihon Spring with Solomon riding on King David's own mule. There Zedek the priest took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with the oil. Then they sounded the ram's horn and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! And all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. Adonijah and his guests heard the celebrating and shouting just as they were finishing their banquet. When Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn, he asked, What's going on? Why is the city in such an uproar? And while he was still speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Come in, Adonijah said to him, for you are a good man. You must have good news. I, every time I've read that, I just keep thinking that Adonijah must have had quite a bit of the wine. Because if that's his thinking process, you're a good man, so this must be good news. Well, no. So, verse 43, not at all, Jonathan replied. Our Lord King David has just declared Solomon king. The king sent him from down to Gihon Spring with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, protected by the king's bodyguard. They had him ride on the king's own mule, and Zadok and Nathan had anointed him at Gihon Spring as the new king. They have just returned in the whole city celebrating and rejoicing. That's what all the noise is about. What's more, Solomon is now sitting on the royal throne as king, and all the royal officials have gone to King David and congratulating him, saying, May your God make Solomon's fame even greater than your own, and may Solomon's reign be even greater than yours. Then the king bowed his head in worship as he lay in his bed. Mm, this part gets to me. And he said, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who today has chosen a successor to sit on my throne while I am still alive to see it. Verse 49. Then all of Adonijah's guests jumped up in a panic. Don't you think that's true? In panic from the banquet table and quickly scattered. Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he rushed to the sacred tent and grabbed onto the horns of the altar. Word soon reached Solomon that Adonijah had seized the horns of the altar in fear and that he was pleading, Let King Solomon swear today that he will not kill me. Verses 52 and 53 are focal verses. Solomon replied, If he proves himself to be loyal, not a hair on his head will be touched. But if he makes trouble, he will die. So King Solomon summoned Adonijah, and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed respectfully before King Solomon, who dismissed him, saying, Go on home. And all of a sudden, as I was reading those words, I was seeing the woman caught in adultery 
from the New Testament and Jesus riding in the dirt and her accusers peeling off one by one since he said let the one without sin cast the first stone and then he sent her home to go and sin no more that's, that's kind of what Solomon was doing he was pretty much saying here's your chance boy go home and don't don't let me see you back here again because otherwise it's not going to be good for you that was Solomon's first decision as the new king of Israel his first decision was to be merciful to his wayward brother and we will see in future lessons I don't know that it's next week, but it's coming up pretty soon. We are going to see what Adonijah did with that second chance. As I was thinking about second chances, I just was uh, flashing back to stories that I've heard over the years. And the ones that are really flying into my mind are the ones that all of us have heard, where you've had someone who their loved one was killed because someone was driving while intoxicated and they forgave the person and begged for them to have a second chance. And some of those situations turned out very well. There's one, I was trying to find the movie and I just couldn't find it. But the synopsis is Someone in the family was killed as a result of the negligence of a young man. And the father, understandably so, was furious. But at some point, his heart softens. And he not only forgives the young man, but when the young man is no longer incarcerated, they go around to different schools and talk about the dangers of that type of lifestyle choices. I mean, that's one of those times where the second chance paid off big time for everyone involved. Right now, I am recording at the very end of October in 2023. And there's been a movie that has hit that has caught Hollywood off guard. It's called The Blonde. And it is the story of Phil and Kay Robertson, uh, the Duck Dynasty people from West Monroe, Louisiana. And it's all about a second chance. Because Phil was not making the best of decisions, to say the least. And Kay could have easily said no more and closed the door. But she and God both gave mercy. And as a result, many have been saved as a result of Phil's testimony. And many more are being saved as a result of his story going on the big screen. 
when you and I choose to give someone a second chance, it doesn't come with a guarantee. We cannot be absolutely sure that that person is going to handle that opportunity well. I've seen people who have given spouses second chances. Some have worked out well. There's a very well-known um, Christian speaker who did just that, gave a very public second chance to someone who had, in a well-known way, violated her trust and sadly it happened again there are no guarantees with human beings I mean there can be verbal ones but we don't always make good decisions but thankfully we serve a God of the second chance and he knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows that we're not always going to get it on that second try. And yet he grants mercy. That doesn't mean he doesn't grant consequences. But he so often grants mercy. And the only thing I, I can think to encourage you is when someone is asking for a second chance with you whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, that you claim the passage in James where it says that if any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men liberally or whatever tr the translation is for you. In other words, if you ask for wisdom, God's going to give it. And then place that in the Lord's hands because you're not guaranteed that that person is going to take that opportunity. We've got Adonijah, and we're going to see in future weeks how he handled his second chance. But you and I have opportunities to be merciful. Mercy is not always what is necessary in a situation. God does not have limitless mercy for us because sometimes discipline is what is needed in order to get us to where we need to be or to fit into the order of what God is working on. But sometimes a second chance can change the world can change the world of one, can change the world of countless. And as I, I sit here and, and I ponder, I want to ask you our weekly assignment feature question, when were you granted a second chance and how did you handle the opportunity? And it may have been that you rocked it. Like, that second chance, you took it and you ran with it. Or you may have run off a cliff with it. Uh, I cannot tell you that every second chance that God has given me specifically 
that I've made the most of. And that's one of the things that he's been grabbing hold of my heart about this, this week. And trying to figure out how to better handle the opportunities that he has given me. So, I'm going to pray. And let's just see where the Lord leads me with this particular prayer. Dear Father, I thank you for the second chances that you've given to me and to each of the persons within the sound of my voice. Dear Father, we have not always taken our second chances and made the most of those opportunities. And for that, I apologize on behalf of us all. But dear God, we thank you. We thank you so much that you have been merciful. Every breath we take is evidence of your mercy. Dear Father, some of us have people in our lives who are begging us right now for a second chance. And dear Father, there is no cookie cutter answer to whether that second chance needs to be provided or if there need to be stronger boundaries as a result of the choices made. But dear Father, I pray for wisdom. I pray for wisdom for each person listening today. I pray that you would give us wisdom regarding whether we give a second chance or a third chance and that you would help us to be wise with that. That we would not act on emotion and either shut the door automatically or open the door wide. But dear God, that we would go to you and we would trust your guidance in the situation. Solomon gave Adonijah a second chance. And as we're going to see in future weeks, we will see how that worked out. But dear Father... In our lives today, give us wisdom and guide us and help each of us to take better advantage of the second chances you've provided and provided by others. That we will live lives worthy of you, pleasing you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of you being strengthened with all power according to your glorious mind, so that we might have great endurance and patience and joyfully give thanks to you for we share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so very much for tuning in. A reminder, this podcast is free for you to listen to and it's free for you to share with others. Who is it that God is placing on your heart that needs to have some spiritual encouragement today? There's information at the bottom of the show notes. There's a QR code that will get you to all of the episodes. I started listening to some podcasts, again, on Apple Podcasts. I hadn't done that in quite a while. I just never know when I get on these platforms if it's going to have all of the episodes. It's either going to leave off the first 50 or it's not going to have the current ones. I don't understand the I don't understand all of that, but Podbean has them all. 
And so you can follow that QR code to get to all of the episodes. And if you happen to be a person who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, do know that you are not past the second chance. That Jesus is willing to grant you another opportunity to follow him. There's information in the show notes. You can also reach out to me at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. I would love the opportunity to share with you how to have a personal day-to-day relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you so much for tuning in, and until next week, just remember it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.